You're listening to the A to Zeke podcast. Andrew Duvall, Zeke Foreman, A to Zeke podcast. Final segment. Wrapping up your March Madness brackets. We're talking about the South region, led by the number one seed, the Duke Blue Devils, um, and those uh, crazies over at Cameron Indoor, coached by head coach Mike Teske. Duke obviously moving on in the first round. What's made Duke so good this year, Zeke? Just camaraderie and and Jaleel Okafor. Duke is a number one seed despite not winning either the ACC regular season or tournament championship, but they are loaded as as usual. Jaleel Okafor, Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically all all you need right there. Very, very solid team. Obviously, Coach K's been here before. We'll just see. You've seen it all. Uh, it's been a little while since they've really done some damage in the tournament. Last few years plagued by some early outs, but uh, I think this is a year that Duke goes on a nice long run in the tournament, obviously knocking off the winner of the the play-in game right away, moving on. And they actually, you can kind of tell that whoever's making these brackets wanted to see Duke and Kentucky face each other in the national championship because I think both of those teams got the easiest trips to the tournament, the South bracket, not really loaded with a lot of talent. We'll see where Duke goes from there. 8-9 matchup of San Diego State and St. John's. Interesting here is you see two teams that you might not know a whole lot about. Yeah, I'm going to go with San Diego Aztecs over the St. John's Red Storm. San Diego, one of the best defensive teams in the country and starting center for St. John's. Chris Obekpa was suspended on Sunday for two weeks for a violation of team rules which leaves a huge gaping hole in the middle of that lineup. St. John's played a, a strong non-conference schedule, which helped them with the committee, but that they don't have a signature win. San Diego State can generate offense from its defense. It's very hard to beat. Uh, in half-court sets, the team lacks an offensive lightning rod, but they rely on their defense. And without uh, St. John's center, I'm going to go with San Diego State. Yeah, I have to agree with this one. St. John's won seven of their last 10 games to end the season, but they lost their final two games by 54 total points. That's not the way you want to end the season to head into the uh, NCAA tournament. San Diego State, big wins. Utah, uh, Colorado State, they beat them twice. Only lost to Arizona by two. San Diego State, it's going to be a short tournament run, but they get the first round win over St. John's. Another one that's an interesting 5-12. If you got to pick, you know, you always got to pick a 12 over a 5 at least once. I think this is a pretty popular one as well as SF Austin taking on Utah. Yeah, let's see. I have one 12 over 5. I had Buffalo over West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I have Wofford over Arkansas. And I have... Do you have Stephen uh, F. Um, I don't have Wyoming over, <laughs> over no. Northern Iowa. But I'm going to go... Three out of four ain't bad. I'm going to go with Stephen F. Austin over Utah. Stephen F. Austin making the NCAA tournament for the second straight year as a 12 seed last year, upsetting VCU before running into UCLA in the round of 32. They bring back junior swingman Thomas Walkup, who's named the Southland Tournament MVP for the second straight year. And uh, I'm feeling the magic for, for Stephen F. Austin. But how far do you have them going? Is it a one win and done, or is they gonna, are they going to put on the glass slipper, so to speak? Um, I haven't filled out my bracket that far yet. Yeah, you're waiting for me to tell you what I think. Uh, Stephen F. Austin goes on another round. 
beating uh, the next team we're going to talk about here in Georgetown, who's the four seed. Georgetown against Eastern Washington. This one intrigues me a little bit. Eastern Washington, keep an eye on them. Zeke, I'll let you break down a little bit what your thoughts are, and then uh, I'll come back with my thoughts on Eastern Washington. And Georgetown back in the NCAA tournament after a year out. But number four, have, they have a tough draw against Eastern, Eastern Washington in Portland. The Eastern Washington Eagles, they're led by the nation's leading scorer and sophomore guard, Tyler Harvey. He's averaging 23 points a game. Uh, their resume includes an 88-86 win at Indiana early in the season. Uh, they, they rallied from an 11-point deficit against Montana in the Big Sky Tournament Championship. The Eagles, one of the highest scoring teams in Division One, averaging almost 81 points a game. And that goes through Tyler Harvey. He, he can knock down the three without any hesitation. Yeah, I can. I agree. I don't know. It's really tough to pick this one's. Uh, this one, I'm gonna. It's gonna be a kicker either way because, uh, like you just mentioned, they're so efficient too. Forty eight percent from the field, forty percent from three point range. Fast paced offense. This is gonna be fun. Remember the the Lob City team a, a couple years ago, Florida International or something like that, that went on the the run. This is this year's team. Uh, keep an eye on Eastern Washington to beat Georgetown, and then you got that twelve thirteen matchup here in the second round of the of the South. Uh, region. So keep an eye on Eastern Washington. Don't be surprised if they beat Georgetown in this one. Uh, next up, SMU at the 6, taking on UCLA at the 11. UCLA, kind of a disappointing season, picking up the 11 seed. Uh, you think they beat SMU in this first round? I think they do. UCLA has something to prove. Usually when a team is as ice-cold bubble team as UCLA has been going into the tournament, it's usually not, not a hesitation. And to pick them as an 11 over a 6 in Southern Methodist, uh, th- this is another one of my, my, my risky ones. I mean, the UCLA snuck in after a hot and cold Pac-12 campaign. They matured, and they finally found their offense fueled by five players averaging double figures, and that could carry them to a couple upsets in the tournament. It's on the defensive end is where UCLA struggles. They've given up more than 67 points a game. Uh, Bryce Alford's a streaky shooter, but he can spearhead the, spearhead the Bruins when he's hot, uh, and... Isaac Hamilton scored 36 points in UCLA's Pac-10, Pac-12 opener against USC. So, so we'll, we'll see how far the Bruins can go. But there's one thing for SMU. It's their toughness. This is a team that struggled through academic issues. They've had a few players. They, I think they had three players that were academically ineligible to start the season. They uh, lost like three out of their first five games. They had some injury issues as well. This is a team that gritted through it to a 15-3 conference record. They captured the AAC's uh, automatic bid, led the conference in both offensive and defensive field goal percentage as well. They run a very efficient attack, centered around the 5'9 guard Nick Moore, averaging 14.4 points a season. AAC's player of the year, shooting 43% from long range. I think uh, UCLA's disappointing season ends with a short, disappointing tournament run. Give uh, Southern Methodist the win in uh, the first round. Moving on to the 314, Iowa State taking on the UAB Blazers in the first round. Iowa State, very, very tough team out of the Big 12. Uh, like you said, another tough, tough first round matchup for UAB. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, the Iowa State getting a Big, Te- Big 12 automatic bid. The Sweet 16 team last year, and I love what Fred Hoiberg has done with the Cyclones. Check this out. This stat is crazy. The Cyclones play their best when they trail by double digits. Really? How, how, they, how do you trail, figure when that? When they trail past five games, all wins, they've they've trailed by a total of 75 points. Wow. So that's huge in the tournament. They get down and they get right back up. Exactly. And they have a lot of experience, a senior and three juniors all coming back from last year's Sweet 16 loss to eventual champion UConn. 
And and Fred Fred Hoiberg has these guys rolling. They're going to be a surprise in the tournament. Blazers uh, finished fourth in Conference USA, but they won the tournament. whoop de doo for them. They thought, this is what uh, Jared, uh, Coach Jared Hossie thought before the season. We'll throw in a lot of these big games. That's going to up our RPI, blah, blah, blah. Great. Good for you. Strong non-conference schedule. No signature wins. They lost to Wisconsin, Florida, UCLA, LSU, and North Carolina. Give them props for throwing those in their non-conference schedule, but zero wins against them. Don't give them any credit for that. Iowa State's moving on, and they're moving pretty far in this bracket. Uh, next up, the other team from Iowa. Iowa, University of Iowa, the Hawkeyes, taking on Davidson. 7-10 matchup. Um, this one's another interesting 7-10. Going with the upset, or are we picking with the Big Ten? I'm going to go with the upset. Usually I don't pick it against the Big Ten, but maybe it might be my my Big Ten instincts and who hates Iowa. I hate Iowa. But <laughs> when did Iowa become such a basketball powerhouse? Three right. teams in the top 68? Yeah, I know. That's nuts. I didn't, I, I didn't. I was surprised to see the Hawkeyes in the tournament. I guess that shows how much I pay attention. Yeah, I was kind of too. And that's why I'm going to pick Davidson. The, the Davidson Wildcats ended the season on a nine-game winning streak uh, to narrowly win the Atlantic 10 they're one of the best teams offensively, again, averaging a little over 80 points a game and making an average of 10 three-pointers per game. A smart, unselfish team, nationally ranking in the top five in assists and assist to turnover ratio. I'm going to go Davidson over Iowa. This is going to be interesting because it's two totally different teams. Davidson shoots the ball. They shoot the ball really well. They don't turn the ball over, only averaging 10 points a game. Iowa returning all their key players from last year. team that also made it to the NCAA tournament, also lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But the Hawkeyes boast five players in the rotation who are 6'8 to 7'1. That size gives them defensive uh, flexibility. Uh, they're driven by the post play as well. But they struggle against teams that neutralize that height advantage by scoring on the guards with the guard play and the shooting. That's Davidson. I look for Davidson to pick up the win in this one as well and beat Iowa. And actually, I have them beating our two seed in the next round in Gonzaga. Gonzaga taking on North Dakota State. North Dakota State, who getting its second consecutive tournament berth and uh, pulling up the 12-5 upset last year. Are they good enough to pull off the 15-2 this year? Uh Potentially, uh, the NTSU Bison coming out of the Summit League. They they lose to San Diego State in the round of 32 last year. They have a new coach in David Richmond, and they live and die by the three. 38% of, of, of sorry, they make 38% of their three-point shots in a four-guard four offense. Their top scoring threat is Lawrence Alexander. He's averaging almost 20 points a game. And historically, Gonzaga has struggled in the NCAA tournament. They... I mean, they, we have we've seen such good Gonzaga teams, but but Mark Few just really hasn't been able to do much in the tournament. And and there are some people that say either this team's going to lose to NDSU right away, or they could make a, ru- a run to the Final Four. And it's just that that inconsistency we've seen year after year with the Bulldogs. And it, uh, I I don't know I. I'm going to go the 15 over two. I'm going to go NDSU. Yeah, I can't do that. North, this is not the same North Dakota State team. They're a whole different squad. Um, they led the nation in shooting last season at 50%. They dropped to 43% this year. The one thing they have for them, they're very strong on the defensive glass. 25 defensive rebounds per game. That's really good. But they are undersized. They don't have a dominant big man. They're going to lose to Gonzaga. Gonzaga, though, will lose to Davidson in the next round. So short run there for the Zags. Thoughts on the South bracket as we wrap it up? It's kind of the the bracket of the upsets. I have a lot of upsets coming out of the South. And it seems like in, in brackets, either 
pick you don't want to pick too many upsets but there, there seems to be a good number but you always pick the wrong ones i have mm-hmm. duke coming out of this one as the top seed uh i have eastern washington making a run I, iowa state the three seed they're gonna go through uh davidson i i feel and yeah so so my final four kentucky niu arizona and duke yeah kentucky uh virginia for me duke and wisconsin and i've got duke over Wisconsin in the uh, in the final. I'm kind of doing what I never do. I tell myself I'm never going to do this. I'm picking with my heart this year. It's going to work. I'm going to be double, uh, uh, twice as happy when the season comes to a close. I have Duke coming out of that side of the bracket too, but I have Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky's been so good. They have a 41% chance to, to, to win the tournament. And I think the next highest percentage is Villanova at 11% and Wisconsin at 10%. Kentucky hasn't lost. And until they do... I mean, you 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 got to jump on this bandwagon for these young kids. That's the thing, though. They're going to get down to this stretch, and they're going to get that in the back of their head when they get to the Final Four. Wisconsin's the team that can beat them. They're just as gritty. They're just as uh, as efficient. They don't quite have the depth that Kentucky does, but I, I like Wisconsin's chances to beat Kentucky, move into the finals. Um, but no matter what, it's going to be a, a, a lot of fun. I don't know. Yeah, and as we as we move. Closer to next Wednesday, we can kind of break down. We'll, we'll know a good chunk of the yeah. the outcomes of these games come next Wednesday. We'll break down the, the national semifinals with our updated Final Four picks and national champions. Yeah, I guess probably when we'll talk next Wednesday, we can tear these brackets up and uh, do it all over again. Because that's what works we'll, every we'll, single stinking year. Yeah, we'll be completely done. Well, thanks for tuning in to the A to Zeke podcast once again this week. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at A to Zeke. We'll have another episode for you once again every single Wednesday. For Zeke Foreman, I am Andrew Duvall. Madness.